Hey, Nerd Talk Nation, this is your host, Jordan Halstead. I wanted to take a quick moment to gift you guys something that we did last year. So starting last spring, me and a few of the guys started doing this thing called the Comic Book Club. The Comic Book Club was where we were reading a comic book and discussing it and just giving more information of what you should be reading, what what are things that we could be reading, what we're not reading, and, and why you should go down a route or why not. And we tried to put a charge on it, but it really didn't work out. And then with the unfortunate passing of our dear friend Bama, we just didn't continue it. Um, Life got in the way. We didn't really feel that without Bama being there, it just kind of started to fall apart. He was the heart of that one for us um, and helping me get that started. So with that, I wanted to make sure that you guys had an opportunity to hear the episodes that we had created. And so this is our bonus content from year two. Guys, thank you so much for supporting us. Um, We hope you enjoy this content. guys, and welcome to the Comic Book Club. This is your host, Jordan Halstead. Today, I've got Chick and Will with me. We're going to be talking about Robin and Batman. It was a three-issue miniseries starting in 2021. So, guys, thanks for joining me on this episode. Oh, I'm stoked to be here. Thanks, man. Of course. Always. And I always love me and Chick, I think, are always just pushing for the video thing because he was doing, like, his little rocker symbol over here. But I'm like, Chick, no one can see this. But it's all I good. Do, all I do good. it for you guys. Don't worry. It's not for uh, anyone. Okay. Guys. All right. All right, but watch. We'll go on YouTube, and you won't you won't ever do it anymore. Oh but no, I'll, we, I'll go. I'll be more over the top once we get to YouTube. I, I gotcha. guarantee. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Good to hear. So let's go ahead and just talk about this book, guys. What were your guys' initial thoughts? What did you think of the art style? Was this a series that you wish was longer? What are your guys' thoughts on this? Oh, down to me. Okay. Oh goodness. Initially, when this when we were talking about doing this one next, I was. A bit hesitant because I mean, there's so many Robin and Batman books, and the art style. It, the art style, oh, since that was part of the question, uh, kind of it grew on me. It kind of gives us like a timeless feel, kind of watercolory. It's almost like there's a there's parts in the story where Robin is like journaling and kind of writing like what he's gonna do he, here and there uh, when he's out of school and out of Gotham Academy. It's, it's almost like it's because uh, they they've been doing like a, an initiative to do like all these young adult graphic novels lately. This feels like it could be in that vein as well if it's not already confirmed for that. But uh, I was a bit hesitant. But it's a very timeless Robin and Batman story. I mean, we usually we we know about Thomas and Martha, and to a degree we know about Robin's story, but we don't see what happens directly after and like when he first gets the suit and what reservations Bruce and Alfred had. And it's, it's a pretty solid story. I, I, I got a little choked up at the end. <laughs> so what about you, chick? Yeah. Uh, so, um, I, I loved it. Um, and so what am I, some of my, some of my favorite stuff about, uh, some of the animated stuff they've done with Batman are when you really see, uh, the father side of Bruce with like any of, any of the, any of the Robins, um, like in Young Justice, when the first season, when uh, Dick is having troubles with not being the leader of the team, and then Bruce sees it and is like, "Hey, let's go play some basketball," and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Other son moment, or uh, like during the whole Jason O'Mara uh, series with movies with uh, the Damien stuff, and you see some really cool father son moments with with in those movies. Um, so. I mean, I'm not. A, I'm not a. I don't have any kids, but I'm very. I'm a very. I'm a big softy. So like all the father son stuff that went down in this, like yeah, like you, Wilk, it got yeah. to me. So, so that that's that. So I'll I'll play off that a little bit. I think a lot of. So we all know Cap is my favorite in Marvel, but before mm-hmm. that, I was very. I was hardcore DC, kind of like how you still are, chick. And Superman and Smallville was a big thing I shared with my dad. Mm-hmm. And the moment Jonathan Kent dies in that show, and just oh. anytime they do the death right, sorry, Man of Steel, you didn't do it too too hot. <laughs> um, we can talk about that in another podcast. But anytime they do that death well, and you get the, like the right actors, and they bring the right emotional 
weight to it. I get choked up. And anytime, like with the season 10 premiere of Smallville, I know we're talking about Robin and Batman. Um, I always get choked up because I, I always wish I had like that moment like, with my dad. It'd be like, oh, hey, like you're doing okay. Like you're going to mess up here and there. And just in the mo- at the last moment in, in the final issue, after like he saves him, saves his dad and beats up Killer Croc, he's called, hey, you're, you're a good boy. Like you're good. But I'm like, no. Oh. Okay, I'm happy you brought that up because uh, I thought that was some brilliant writing because in a lot of Batman stories, um, and I'll I'll make this connection later in the podcast too because because uh, um, it reminds me a lot of the artwork reminds me of it, but like especially like in uh, Dark Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller, um, mm-hmm. he always calls like he calls Carrie Kelly good soldier, mm-hmm. or he always referred to good soldier, and I thought that was a very um, I hope it was intentional so i'm just gonna go ahead and say it was intentional it was an intentional change instead of good soldier it was good boy so Mm -hmm. well we've been hogging it jordan what do you think man you're the host over here (laughs) yeah uh for me the art style i thought was it was one of those kind of it's sloppy and i'm putting big quotations around it because it felt that watercolor but it as we were talking beforehand it felt like it was we're looking back through dick's eyes and seeing like what his memory is it's a little bit more fuzzy as i'm looking at it right now it just feels very like childish and it gives me that young adult vibe of like this is kind of the art style that is in right now and and we're trying some new things like these lines they kind of blur over there it's got that watercolor vibe and i I love it it's one of my favorites like the the lines are not all like super straight and like give full definition it it just kind of we kind of just drew a few lines just to give you a rough idea of what this guy is supposed to look like and i love it i think that that some of these like you see more definition in others and and the the colors blur and it's kind of that as i look at it when you see okay it's either black or white and then when they come and meet, you see that definitions of gray and the multi multi pieces of it that it's like where the lines blurred. And I feel like that was a lot of what this story told. And I thought that with the art style, it told it even more because it was like you get into some of these questions of, OK, he goes in and, and has to spy on these people or he has to make this this really hard call. And the lines are blurred. And in the in the art style, some of it's kind of they're, they're meshing colors and there's some blurred lines. And, and I'm like, ooh, like you're not just telling a story. You are showing the story. And it's not like your normal comic books where it's like the bam pow and you see bright colors that stay inside their lines. Like there's blues and grays and reds and pinks and all that that kind of merge in with each other. And it's not just one color on a person. It's it's multiple pieces that that kind of blur in. And I love the way that it was. So, Chick, what were your thoughts? You said something about having some more ideas with uh, with the art style. Yeah, so I men- I just mentioned a little bit earlier about uh, Frank Miller's Dar- uh, Dark Knight Returns. Um, and the art style, by the way, shout out to Dustin Nowen. He killed this, in my opinion. I love I loved the watercolor feel. That was awesome. But yeah, the art mm-hmm. style was very uh, Dark Knight Returns-esque to me. Um, uh, especially like when... Um, the very the very first uh, panel um, in the first issue that we read where he where you show him like you know fighting a bunch of goons and it looked it looked so much I was like the first literally the first thing that struck me was like oh this looks exactly like Dark Knight Returns oh my gosh and if you listen to this podcast you'll quickly find out like that's my favorite comic book of all time which you know a lot of people love that comic book it's you know one of the goats it, but it, it, it's a go-to batman story so yeah. I, think that, I think it obviously drew inspiration from that but keep going keep going oh, yeah yeah um so <laughs> that, that was the main thing that struck me with with dustin uh Nguyen's, um art style for this was it was very dark knight return-esque mm-hmm. and loved that all right to play off more off the fuzzy memory stuff and just like with the art style and stuff i just i think a lot of so when we go to like ongoing comic books a big thing is that it's always daunting people are going like what's going on like joker just took over the city like there's some war or all this i mean it's a great thing one this is a limited series and it doesn't seem to be drawing too much like it pays homage to a few things like i'm seeing a little bit of young justice there in issue two uh, and then him just trying mm-hmm. to hit him just trying to be a kid even like the video games like it looks like it's atari but it could also be nintendo or something like that and with the sliding scale of like how old people are supposed to be and I mean, these characters have been perpetually 20 or 30 or I guess 13 in Dick's case. Um, 
in this uh, for years. So I, I, I'm glad there wasn't like, it, it didn't say like, oh, hey, this definitively takes place in the Frank Miller universe. But if you want it to, that that's why we threw that good soldier because uh, you can tell like Jeff Lemire and co like, oh yeah, we like we like that stuff and mm-hmm. we can do this. But also if someone doesn't like that, they can be like, oh, it takes place over here because there's there's been so many interpretations of this. Like this, this is a good okay. story because we always see in Batman, the animated series, he's, he goes after Zuko after he finds out or he tries to go after Two-Face in Batman Forever, a very underrated Batman movie, I think. Um, <laughs> I see Chick smiling over there. They're going, no, it's not. <laughs> um, but just seeing that like maybe Killer Croc like had some like had a, had a chip on his shoulder about this stuff going like, oh, like the Grayson's had the perfect life and I'm a freak. Like I'm, I'm going to get him for this and just... It, 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 it was a it was a it was a diamond in the rough uh with, with the series as we've tackled so far i want to play off that real quick what were your guys' thoughts about it being killer croc having that connection because i've never seen that connection before i feel like with especially with marvel movies we've seen a lot of everything pivots back to iron man it pivots back to certain characters like when the comics were created they didn't always have that connection and so to have that kind of bleed in this whole well i grew up in the same circus that that dick grayson was in and i i know who that is and what were your thoughts on that uh so i thought it was a brilliant way to uh bring in a um uh, you guys probably read a lot more batman than i do um but you would say killer croc is a b-list like batman villain right i don't know if i would even say b i would say more c yeah exactly so i thought it was a really brilliant way to bring a not a list Batman villain to a really good story that made so much sense. Um, I don't, I don't know if how much of canon or how much of other stories that is Killer Croc's origin story. Um, but I think that's a really cool way to have him have an origin story. Was uh, Flying Graysons are the stars of the show, but then you got the freak fish man um, that everyone just looks at and is disgusted because that's that's why everyone. That's what circuses are, right? You got mm-hmm. you got awesome, you know, showstoppers, but then you got the freaks, bearded ladies, and giants and midgets and um, fishmen. So, well, listen, this is the greatest show. So, ah, uh, you did Let you read go. my mind, Jordan? I, I was did. gonna say like he should have been after, he should have been going after PT Barnum. He's got those Wolverine claws over yes. there. But, uh, yes. so you didn't take my exact joke, but like I'm like Jordan, don't yep. you dare! Like you, you saw the wheels turning. I saw, but, uh, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like in Age of Ultron, ha! Huh? Uh, <laughs> where Iron Man's like, I had him by one second. I, I, he beat me to it by one second. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would be, I wouldn't be shocked if like we looked in all of like the like the DC encyclopedias and like comicsology if there if someone has done this before. But if they have it and this is the first time they've done it, like how in 80 years how has someone not done done this connection because i mean even in flashpoint they did uh dead man was a part of the circus with him with them in the flying graces then dick becomes dead man i think they've done that in justice too uh because that's like an easy like that's very yeah yeah (laughs) so i I mean it was it was a nice uh little homage there and i'm sure they could do others uh like that uh but I mean, I, I kind of said my thoughts on that briefly uh, when I was talking about that connection, but yeah, uh, yeah. For, for me, I'll I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought just as Chick, you were saying, the show must go on. It's got all these different characters, and and to have like a circus where you've got the guy who just is very off that fish man kind of feel, and just like has the scales. He's he's different, and we always look at okay, what does that do mental health wise? Like they weren't thinking about the mental health when they created the circus and they were like, you watch the greatest showman. I know that's very dramatized and we're, we're creating this, like how they feel, but it's kind of like, Hey, you can't fix these things. So why not get paid to, to just be yourself? And I love the kind of mentality with some of that. And I love the whole, Hey, you, you're a fish guy. You're not very pretty to look at, but we can make you money by just putting you in a tank and like I can see where his mental health just drops. And he then is like, wait, these guys, they're up there like looking like angels. And I'm down here looking like a demon. And all these people are just poking the tank and they're like frustrating me and, and everybody pays to come see them. And I'm just kind of the mm-hmm. sideshow. And so mm-hmm. I can see like where all this starts to come down. And I can see the direct correlation. I would not have chosen Killer Croc as kind of like the nemesis for like you've got Batman versus the Joker, you've got Green Lantern Sinestro, you've got Superman with 
Lex Luthor, General Zod. Like he's got a couple, and everybody's kind of got their their alternates. But Dick Grayson, as of like for me, I don't think of like a specific villain, but I felt like this story kind of gave Killer Croc that vision of hey, this is a problem, mm-hmm. and this is kind of where they're they're butting heads. And I was like, ooh, I like that. That was a really cool way to have him start his journey, and I thought it was just really cool. Now. We said that this was a three-part miniseries. Do you feel like it was long enough? Do you wish it was longer? What are your guys' thoughts on that one? Because for me, I know that I wish it was longer. I feel like the art style, the characters, I would have loved to see like Mr. Freeze come in. I would have loved to see maybe the Riddler, uh, the Penguin. I would have loved to see more characters just done in this style. I loved it all the way around. So what are your guys' thoughts on this? I'll, I'll, I'll take it from there. Uh, just... I, I think it was just right because it kind of goes with that with, with like my thoughts on it that it's timeless that you could place this with other early Dick Grayson stories or some other origin retellings or even hop into early Teen Titans uh, where he was hanging out with Wonder Girl Hyper, Harp, uh, with Roy Harper and uh, just even Titans uh, because like like most reboots and other things there's just there's so much to take, uh, now, but now that you say it, though, you, I love how you d- picked like two of the villains from the new re- new recent, the Batman, because someone some, someone's hungry and thirsty for it over there. You want to see it? I know you want to see it, <laughs> uh, but it, it would have been cool if they did the Penguin. But I could also see them kind of also. It, it would be almost kind of a parallel or derivative of the Tony Zuko killing his parents. Uh, Riddler, I just I don't know why Riddler would mess with it unless like he was like the oh I'll guess your weight guy or something at the circus. Uh, well, maybe not even the that. Same thing. There's that direct correlation. I'm just saying like yeah. to have a story that continues, not not like even have them directly in, but that he has to combat and try and figure things out because you've already got all this stuff that ties into origin stories. I think that moving forward, this could have become a series, and I would have loved to see these characters art style wise and, and see um, kind of how they go forward with it I, i'm gonna play off that are, are you guys aware of the the legend of the white knight where joker turns into uh, like a decent human and it shows how corrupt batman is no uh, i haven't seen it I, I, I think i have it but i don't i haven't read it yet all right you should you should, you should read it because they're doing other spin-offs of it now like they're doing one that takes place in batman beyond i, I think I, I wouldn't mind like every so often like they come back to this to these to these tales but like show like the falling out of Dick and Bruce, like showing like where it started. Cause they did a brilliant episode in the animated series, like where Tim comes across Dick and like, he tells like what happened between the two of them do that. But like also maybe like kind of transition into like maybe Jason shows up and Dick gets jealous or something like that. Or Bruce starts not trusting him, even though he's like eight, 17, almost 18 years old, getting ready to go to college and all that, and thinking like, oh, like, am I not going to be able to have that normal life? All that. What about all that development we had in this story? Like, so it, I would say do that, and then it, maybe them coming to grips like in a finale where they're going like, hey, like, I know you did the best you could with all the trauma you had, but like, you're a good dad. Like, do a payoff to the end of this, and and then Dick gets to give him the hug and tell him like, hey, like, you don't need to do this alone. Like, I'm still your son no matter what. Something of that sort. Yeah. You, you not, I, I wouldn't mind spinoffs. I just don't think like it could go on for like 12 or 24 issues without people going like, oh, like what, what are we doing here? Just like I want them to like take breaks from it, come back to it maybe like once a year and then okay, maybe two so more like sequels, a, two like more a, sequels. Like a, well, even if they did like a series of just mini series, like two to three or three to four issues a year and they just did like mm-hmm. small spurts, kind of like how they do year one stuff. Or Earth yeah. One, Earth One stuff, and they just kind of like mm-hmm. tell stories that just kind of help continually build it. Yeah, I, c- I could get behind that. Yeah. What about you, Chick? Uh, so my answer is both yes and no. I think he's indecisive over here. No, not indecisive. It's, I'm de- I'm deciding on both, so that's not indecisive. <laughs> I, I kind of did the same. I, th- I did the same thing though. Like I, yeah. I, I was decidedly like this is fine, but then Jordan kind of talked me off of a ledge. I'm like, okay, I'll pick. <laughs> but uh so i think um for what they did th- three issues was like a perfect like a perfect amount of issues um i was very satisfied with all of it but what i will say is i could definitely use more of that artwork 100 percent um so just as an excuse for more of the artwork from dustin Nolan, um then yes i would like some more issues of it so maybe do some more stuff with the sidekicks little watercolor art of uh you know young justice action or 
um, more stuff. I also would love to see more like really touchy feely, you know, Bruce Wayne, father of Dick Grayson type stuff. Cause I don't think we have, um, enough of that in the DC universe. Uh, so, um, that's another reason why I would like to see more issues just for, um, I'm, I'm a big softy, so I want to see more touching father moments <laughs> with Bruce yeah. and Dick. So, yeah, I can get behind that. So what did you guys think about seeing Dick Grayson back as Robin? You know, this is the first time that we... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so... Um, <clears throat> I uh, I was... We're going to stop real quick. Uh, yeah. I want to re-ask that question here in a second. So look, I know. Gonna... I, I was raising my hand because I was saying switch up the order because we went... Yeah. Oh, okay. I wasn't trying to... I was just making sure you knew like uh, that was my turn to talk. You don't have flashcards right now, so... You're good. Yeah. Three, two, one. Did you guys like seeing Dick Grayson back as Robin, or what were you guys' thoughts on that one? Yeah, so um, I was I was really digging having Dick Grayson back as Robin, um, and I think uh, a lot of times, I mean, it, it makes sense because Nightwing is such an awesome character. So a lot of times we don't uh, we don't get to see dick grayson as robin anymore because he's already a very good character as nightwing and um that's good enough for everyone which awesome i get that but uh having the original robin back is uh it makes me feel good <laughs> yeah i like nope i'm gonna retake that <laughs> i i'm sorry i can't get the word dick out of my head and it not sound <laughs> I apologize. Okay. Also but okay. But also 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 This is gonna go um, in the blooper at the end. Other comic books, but they had they had Alfred Comic Master Richard all the time and it threw me off so hard. Uh, uh, he, uh, yeah, uh, him going back and forth. All right, I like Richard slash Dick. Um You like Dick? <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I what can I say? Uh I heart Dick. It's, it's this is all getting cut out, I know. Or language. I'm this kidding. Is, no, um, this is going in at anyway, the bloopers. I like seeing They're paying him for this. Back as Robin, because unfortunately, we were all. Even if we go back to the '90s or early comics back then, Dick's time had passed, and he was like fully Nightwing by then. And we don't get to see some of those stories, and some of those stories are cheesy. So just seeing like them take a, a, a crack at it and not do not it being a flashback or any of this stuff like is great um is great work and just i mean yeah we get like the movies but i the schumacher ones are kind of like very cheesy batman 66 is a bit too cheesy as well but then we get stuff like young justice or the teen titans from the early 2000s which shows like a very mature dick grayson and yeah he's like the first one and like the best but like some of the other ones need to be tackled here and there like jason todd and all that but right now in this story i was glad to see him back in this role and i wouldn't mind if we did other like i said other stories with that because like we, we don't get to see it that often we don't get to see it that often and uh yeah kind of kind of rambling but uh, uh what, plain what simple i liked it i liked it yeah. what about you <laughs> for me i think dick grayson is is a timeless character and for me i didn't i wasn't raised with him as robin he was nightwing at that point even by the 90s by the time i was born he'd been nightwing for what 10, 15 years at least, because I was born <laughs> in 95, so it was like late 70s, early 80s when he became Nightwing, and, and that's when we got the Jason Todd run, and then by the time I was born, Tim Drake was already involved, and then you had, because wasn't, who, was it Stephanie Brown was Robin for a little bit? Yeah, br very briefly. Very briefly. And then, uh, then Damien And then Damien gets over, but at that time when Damien comes in, like, Batman's not even Bruce Wayne, it's Dick Grayson as Batman at that point, mm -hmm. and then it switches back like there's so much switching around in, in such a short amount of time i mean 20 30 years really isn't all that much especially when you've got comics that are 80 90 years old so it, it, it was really weird to see that but i've never seen dick grayson as robin and it was really cool for me to see him come in and just say you know i'm i'm gonna be robin but the very first suit and the the first few pages you see him in because he's just kind of running around he's in a black suit where it's kind of like navy shirt and then he's got like leather cut and it's his his mm. eye holes and all that and it's just like kind of reminiscent to like a robin hood ninja kind of thing and so they're doing that and remind me 
reminded me of um, Daredevil, Man Without Fear. Yeah, a lot. It also reminded me of Zero Year because I don't know if you read the, like there's a Nightwing tie-in because they did so many other type yeah. tie-ins that did, mm-hmm. uh, it looks like his proto suit. Granted, Dick was mm-hmm. older at that point, but like it it goes along with what I was saying earlier with like you could take you can pick and choose which Batman stories this takes place in, and that could be like a sequel to his Zero Year outing in that suit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it was really cool just to kind of see that Dick Grayson was doing his own thing, but it was very reminiscent to what he is going to become with Nightwing because it gave very, very Nightwing vibes with the color scheme, with, with every piece, but he had the arrogance, and I love that that kind of just gets taken off over the years because that's not the Dick Grayson I know. And I'm like, he's, he's arrogant, but he's not so like headstrong that he's like, he's not the Damien. Like, if that makes sense. Like, this was kind of more, like, early years, kind of more Damien kind of feel. And you started to see the shell kind of soften a little bit. And him saying, like, I don't want to be Batman. And some of those conversations that they have. And I just, I loved it. And then him to turn around and add, like, the colors. And he's like, I want to pay homage to my parents and all that. I just, I thought it was a fun way. And I didn't, I this was one of the cool things that I didn't realize. When he plays D&D at the end with the, the school group. Like, did you guys catch that? Like, I loved that. I've never seen a, like, nerdy kind of Dick Grayson. I've always seen him as more of a jock, more of the preppy kid, not as a, I'm willing to sit down and play D&D with my friends. I've never seen that. And I was like, that's really cool. It makes me connect with him a lot more. That was my thought on that. Going off of the 2003 Teen Titans one, I could see that Dick playing D&D a little bit. <laughs> I, I don't know that Cause one. Because, he's, he's I mean, just finding his own, own found family with them. I, I, I could just see, even though like he was trying to be more like Bruce going in to some of those issues, I just seen like, oh, hey, like I don't need to be exactly like him to be Robin and then be my own person. Like I'm going to have friends. I'm going to try to have a normal life and do my thing. So that was that was a cute thing at the end. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What did you guys think about the whole Batman and and Robin between the the their relationship, the whole I'm a new dad kind of thing. I'm I'm taking on this ward and and that's not even a, a word that we even use anymore. Here in 2022, we just kind of say, "Hey, this is your I'm either the guardian or I'm the adoptive parent," things like that, where like he has a ward and I feel like that's a very like preppy very like i'm rich i have a ward like i it's not a word that i'm I'm used to hearing the word ward makes me think of like a squire yeah like kind of more more old-timey and so yeah more more even british it, it just makes me think of adam west there old chums yes <laughs> so, yeah adam west voice will oh my goodness uh, of course so like what were you guys what were you guys <laughs> thoughts about him being more distant and more unrelatable and kind of just where where did you feel that this sat did you like it did you not uh, what are your thoughts <laughs> it, it, bruce has ebbs and flows with his softness and his like distantness all the time uh i mean i'm glad to see that he did soften up by the end of this book but like him coming into it it's even to use batman forever because i think i'm gonna draw a lot of parallels to other origin stories where batman and robin have teamed up uh bruce does Bruce sees himself in Dick. Don't be gross. Um, just because he lost his parents uh, by um, criminal actions and and silly things. And a big mission statement besides no guns is I am going to fight crime. So no young child like me has to go through what I went through. But Bruce also is Bruce Wayne and trained to be a ninja and just, and has no emotional attachments. I mean, except for Alfred and all the stuff, his, his, his attachment is the mission. So yeah, he took on Dick and he wants to help out, but like, he doesn't understand how to do that because he and his, his relationship with his parents got cut short. So he's, so, so though, while, while he does soften up in this, it's just kind of like, Oh, I don't know how to do this. I'm Batman. Oh God. Uh, uh, so like anytime, anytime he's stern with them, he's just, he, he's more, he's putting his own insecurities on there. Like, cause I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm rambling here, but like, he's, he, he's very traumatized and they both help each other. So like by the end, like Bruce gets to be more soft, but then there's other times in comics, he's like, Oh no, get away from me. I got to do this alone. I can't let anyone else get hurt. So anytime he does say like, you need to stay here, he, he's trying to protect him from getting killed and losing like someone else that he cares about so i'm rambling chicken jordan you take it from there um yeah so i really liked i really enjoyed 
the uh, process that um, and I get it that it has to be it's only three issues. So the process can't be like super prolonged, which in in normal human beings, which, yeah, Batman, Bruce Wayne, not a normal human being, but in normal human beings, that process going from cold and distant to actually warming up to someone takes a lot. It's a lot more complicated, but you know it has to happen in three issues. I get it. But yes, I really liked I really enjoyed the process from um, more in the first and second issue where Bruce is like, no, he's a soldier. That's how I want to treat him as a soldier. And this is how things are going to go to the birthday episode where it's like, I want to do something super nice for you here. Meet all my superhero friends. And they go, it's the only thing I didn't like about uh, the second issue was they didn't call that the justice league headquarters, the watchtower. It was, yeah, I remember cause I forget oh. who's he's like, welcome to the, you know, welcome to the justice league satellite. Like, no, it's satellites, the watchtower, you idiot. Anyways, but when he takes him to the, to the watchtower and um he gets to meet superman and wonder woman and we got green arrow hanging out without a mask on for some reason um whatever oliver queen do what you need to do i guess but and then like he you know <laughs> go he goes back and tells alfred like oh my gosh i met superman and shook his hand and uh, you know i met wonder woman and all the their psychics are super cool we're bffs now like he was so excited about it right and then all the way to the end where the giving each other hugs and saying good boy and um, being like, I don't want to lose you and really touching fatherly son moment. Um, so like the whole process from point A to point B um, of them getting closer um, made me really happy. Cause like I said, I keep on saying during this podcast, I'm a big softy. So yeah. You're a big softy, but also big, big nerdy nitpicker there. There's <laughs> there too. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. This is I'm saying it with love. I'm yeah. saying it with peace and love. Because <laughs> oh. so we, we all we all like certain. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I I just kind of put it together like, oh yeah, they're calling it this something else, but like, come on, that's the Watchtower, obviously, whatever. Yeah. And then like, I, I I didn't pick up on the the Green Arrow thing, but I did love how incompetent they made Hawkman. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. he's, he's whistling, just playing on his phone on the computer, like, dude, dude, dude. I'm like, I'm like, okay, okay, what? A, I mean, you can't say Hawkman's like, oh, you're going to top five. You're going to go fight Mongol without me? I could handle him, right? You couldn't yeah. handle six teenagers, you idiot. So, like, <laughs> why you could handle Mongol, whatever. I, I also, I liked that Bonnie moment, too, because Dick's like the new yeah. kid. He's just trying to show his own. He's like, I'll, yeah, I, I know a way we can uh, go help and do stuff, and then they take down the Royal Flush Gang. That was fun. That was right. fun stuff. Broke I like... my heart though, because I talked. I talked to George. Were you going to no, say no? No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. It broke my heart though at the very end. They're like, "All right, uh, so mission report." Because one, I thought they were going to go a different way and make Robin just like he's like a robot. He's he's, he's trying to cope with him losing dick in another timeline or something like that because they've been doing all these infinite stories but he's like no this oh hey i can take down garth like he pretends like he doesn't care but like i'm sure if i just got some emotional attachment i could do this uh i could obviously trick donna she's the heart of the group and she wouldn't believe i would turn on everybody i'm like oh man i thought you were actually bonding with them what in the world he, okay so i th i think he did i think he did yeah. bond with them but also He's, he's trying to bond with him as well. He's turning out to be, yeah, he wants to turn out to be Batman, which if y'all watch Justice League Doom or any other comic comic book that, d that Batman does this in, he always is trying to take, like, come up yeah. with those contingency plans. Tower of Babel. Down. Yeah, so, like, uh, like he's being exactly like, you know, like his dad and being like, I got plans to take them, these people too, though. But, yeah, go ahead, Jordan. I think it parallels really well with, like, Young Justice, where they're they're talking about, it was the episode where Miss Martian wrecks their psychological game that they were working on a mission inside their heads. And he says, because he's, he's doing counseling with Black Canary, and he says, I've wanted to be the Batman forever. And I just can't. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be Batman. And I love that because it parallels into almost everything anymore. And it just, that always makes me come back to this one. I'm like, whoa, I love the way that they handled it. I think that for Dick Grayson and Batman... In this series, I think you could have kept Batman as an emotionally distant father. I don't think that you needed to have any type of redemption in this series. And the reason that, that I'm going to say fun. this, the reason I'm saying this, solely comes back to why do we need redemption in every short story? Because like you said, in three issues, you don't have a lot of time. And that's not a lot, like, it's not real. Like, what, what the expectation of saying, hey, like, we're gonna we're gonna go from a, a very emotionally distant 
guy to hey i'm now like more father figure for you like i can see a few redeeming factors like hey i made the right call on something hey let's go play basketball like in young justice where they have that moment where he's like training you need hand-eye coordination they play basketball like it's like that i can i love that but it didn't necessarily redeem all the pieces and i think that this issue didn't necessarily need that if that makes sense like this this could have been a i'm kind of having to run this way but i'm also realizing i don't want to be batman like i've been kind of training for a year starting to get get my feet wet i'm doing my thing but i i don't like starting to to point like hey i need to take things a little differently i think they could have done that without having to do this whole redeeming piece because i feel like it was rushed but this comes back to my whole i wish the series was longer i think that this could have been a fun ongoing series and that's just that's just where i sit with it i think that the the characterization that they pulled with them the the storytelling they did a lot in three three short issues but i think that they also pushed certain boundaries where it was like it was one overarching story but it also felt like three separate stories that were in it if that makes sense like you had that first issue where you're hey i'm becoming robin the second issue you've got hey i'm going and joining the teen titans and then your third issue, I'm facing off with Killer Croc, becoming my own man, trying to save Batman. But the whole thing comes back to Killer Croc. So that's just kind of where I sit with it. I wish they they wouldn't have focused as much uh, on redeeming that as much as it was like a, hey, let's let's start building this. Like, hey, this is Batman's expectations as an early Robin. And I just wish they would have continued that. So. What were your guys' thoughts about Alfred being so vocal? Because we've got we've got your your batman who's very distant versus your alfred who is very vocal about the situation that dick was in so what are your thoughts chick um so uh this particular part with alfred um i'm about to talk about isn't exactly that but so my favorite part with alfred in this was the uh the the conversation he had with the principal where um (laughs) i loved that that was awesome (laughs) Yeah, when he was when he was walking away, because the principal was the principal because uh, Dick got in a fight and he's in trouble with the principal, obviously. And the principal is like, uh, "We never see Bruce um, and everything, and um, we don't appreciate." Like he was like saying some, he's like talking some trash and was like, "You know, maybe if Bruce didn't take Dick Grayson in uh, as a you know like as a pet project, tabloid. he kind of said yeah. like you're, he he pet pulled pet him as a tabloid pet project." Yeah, and. And maybe, you know, this kind of stuff wouldn't happen. Maybe you try being a better father. And then <laughs> Alfred just walks away and is like, maybe you should focus on less on on um on reading the tabloids and like do your job, principal guy. We'll we'll, we'll take care of it on our own. Yeah, he so, uh, <laughs> he totally just gave him a slap for that one. I loved it. I thought that was right. great. I think that Alfred Alfred's an unsung hero. We typically talk about Batman and Robin, we talk about Batman and Batgirl, we talk about Robin and Batgirl, we talk about the whole Bat family, and very rarely do people talk about Alfred. Even the new movie, I was I haven't seen it yet, but I know that a lot of people were talking about, oh, Alfred didn't get a whole lot of screen time, and I'm like, it's not uncommon though. Like, Alfred is not this big, massive character, but when he does show up, it's amazing. It's like, mm-hmm. the, the heart and soul of Team Batman is is Alfred. He shows up when Batman's in trouble. He makes sure that the Batmobile is prepped and ready to go. He makes sure that he's fed, he's clothed. He, he kind of carries his day-to-day operation so that way Batman can do the physical work. And I mm-hmm. love that. And I love even more so that in this series he played a huge role with Dick Grayson that I'm like he wasn't really raised by Bruce. He was raised by Bruce and Alfred. It's yes. not it's not like, oh, it's just the butler. No, he is specifically there like, hey, let's let's go out and grab ice cream. Hey, we're we're running a little late. It's okay, Bruce. Like I've he's got a, I've got him. He's a boy. Yeah. And he, he was yeah. there for for Dick just in a way that, you know, some kids they don't even have parents like this. And and to have someone who loves them the way that that Alfred did. And I, I loved that characterization with Alfred. I thought it was fantastic. And those are my thoughts. What about you, Will? So I, oh. Yeah, I got I got two more things to say, if that's okay. So to uh, to piggyback off what you were saying about Alfred and how he's always like the unsung hero. One of my favorite thing, favorite things about the uh, Batman mythology is universally between 
every writer, comic book and TV show and movie writer for for Batman stories, uh, Alfred's like this like perfect like like just saint of a character, even though he's like the weakest character out of anything in Batman. Right? He's always he's always I'm, I'm not gonna say perfect, but he's always like just this guy who shows he's he's almost like um he's almost like uh Uncle Iroh of Batman. Ooh, that's a good comparison. And, yeah, yeah. Um and that's one of that's one of the things I love about Alfred and and um every Batman story I've ever watched or read. Uh the other thing I was gonna say about um about Al- Alfred's involvement in this is one of my favorite parts of, uh, out of these three issues was the um the one scene where um, they're at breakfast or like eating breakfast at home and um, Alfred's like, all right, it's about time for school. And Dick is like, wait, what time is it? And he's like, it's almost time for school. He's like, oh, no, I'm just going to skip school because um, I want to go over these soil samples I got from Killer Croc. And Alfred like just flips on him. He's like, uh, no, young man, you're going to school. And then and he's like, uh, he's like, Bruce, back me up here. And <laughs> Bruce is just reading the, reading the newspaper like a dad. And he's like, huh, what? No, it's yeah. cool. you can still if he wants and Alfred's like uh, no and then he was like uh, and then Bruce is like oh no yeah that's right. Alfred's right go to school Dick. and it's like it was very um, like mom and dad like where mom is like taking something seriously then the dad's like no that's fine and then mom's like no and he's like oh yep you're, you're, your mom's right son go to school <laughs> the only thing I would have made a change to to that whole paneling process is if they would have like done one of those like short like three picture panels and it just zooms in on alfred's face and it's like oh, giving like that stare giving like. the mom stare and for all <laughs> yeah. of us who like we have those moms or we have those women in our lives like i've got katie and she gives me a stare and i know what that means i <laughs> know that that is the shut up or and kinda, do your do your thing kind of do the anime thing with like the little thing like with the fire behind him. oh yeah like i would i would have been all for that because i feel like that's how that character was so Mm-hmm. Will, what, what were your you thoughts on, uh, yeah, uh, on I, Alfred? I, I picked up on context because we're talking about the Alfred-Bruce uh, dynamic, yeah. raising Dick. Um, so you are, are you guys are comparing it to a mom and dad, and I, I definitely see that. But I also, there, there was a sitcom back in the 80s called My Two Dads. And also, it goes without saying, with Batman 66 and just early Robin, Gold and Silver Age stuff, is that, oh, hey, like why is it, it's weird that he has a 13-year-old boy. That's kind of gay or whatever. But like it was kind of like being the two gay dads raising him to a degree yeah. like Bruce is like oh no he, he's cool like uh it's kind of like uh when when he unfortunately was sometimes with divorced parents like dad's like oh yeah you can do whatever you want you don't have to go to school almost, almost like big daddy and adam sandler like oh yeah you can uh help me fight crime during the day if you want and and he's like uh no that's not happening uh you picked him you got him so he could try to have a normal life here what what are you doing <laughs> he's like okay yeah alfred's right he, he that moment me, where he's so. like oh yeah you made sense <laughs> yeah it's just like uh it just such I, I can see a lot of shippers going like oh and plus also too i'll, I'll mention this but alfred at this point in batman comics he's been dead for a little bit they killed him off oh, i believe yeah, it was during right. city of bane or mm-hmm. joker or right it was around that time frame i'm sorry i don't know the exact one it's been a minute since that happened but like bruce uh obviously took it hard because like he's that's his dad yeah. He might be he might be coming back, but I I've missed Alfred and stuff. Just him being a smartass and kind of uh, also there's the language again. Um, uh, and then just him kind of giving Bruce crap. Uh, because I, I I mean just I, I was reminded of the clip the other day when uh Barbara Gordon found out a secret identity. Going like, oh, so Barbara has found out our secret. It's true, Miss Golden. I am Batman. I just like ah, oh, just I I love their dynamic and just I, I if he does come back, I can't wait for him to be a bit of a smart elk and just kind of kind of do his thing again just like he did in this yeah no i i think that those are some great perspectives i love this series and so my last question for you guys is on a scale of one to ten one being don't read versus a 10 being same like absolutely go read it we love this book what are your guys's thoughts where would you rate this book i'll take it um I was very lukewarm on it initially, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, and my, my my brother is obsessed with Nightwing and Dick Grayson, and I highly recommend it. So it's not it's no surprise here. It's a high nine, ten on a good day, just because just because my lukewarmness. Like uh, you guys are like, oh, Will, we're gonna go higher than you now since you went first. But a, a high nine, ten on a good day. Yeah, um, I'm going with like an eight or nine. Um, I mean. 
my favorite Batman story is Dark Knight Returns, so you can't beat it. Um, so I can't, you know, I'm not going to say this is the best one I've ever read, but uh, yeah, read it for the awesome, cool take on a uh, Robin um, origi- uh, origin story. Take it on a, read it for the cool take yeah. on Killer Croc's re- origin story. Um, read it because the um, pro- the the process of emotionally distant father to involved father, um, those touchy-feely moments, and um, also definitely read it for the awesome artwork. So, heck yeah, yeah. 8 or 9, definitely read it. Give it to your dad on Father's Day. That, that's my recommend. <laughs> I uh, I think that for me, the way that I would, I would go about it is I would say it's a 9 or a 10. And the reason I'm going to go as high as the 10 is because this is a very well-contained story. I wish there was more, but it was it was a really good art piece. The storytelling was consistent. I loved the way that they started and finished this. It left it open for potential possibilities, but also kind of one of those that it can kind of be sat in any universe, as Will keeps talking about. It just it sits very, very nicely. I remember I was going to uh, Florida for a convention kind of retreat situation and I, I bought those books so I could read it on the flight and I was like looking into it and I'm like I just want more and that when, when I want more that's when I know that I'm hooked on a series I love the storytelling and it just the, the guys they crushed it and I was like I've not felt this strong about Batman since like the new 52 Court of Owls run that was solid and I was very much attached to this so I'm going to say 9 or a 10 easy for me so Guys, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. We will catch all of our listeners next week on the Comic Book Club. Hey guys, thanks for sticking around for the weekly roundup. If you're new to the podcast, if you're trying to figure out what this is, this is where Will and I give our recommendations to what we're currently reading. So Will, what are you reading? Well, I know this podcast, I know we don't try to do it, but I do know Marvel comes up quite a bit. So I'm going to keep you on your toes over here and bring up a DC book. Uh, I talked about it briefly on my TikTok because it just moved me that much uh, i haven't grabbed a dc book in a while it's going to go like oh my gosh or like it's not so convoluted like the death metal stuff and all the events they were having this is so self-contained and fun but with all that build up i'll just tell you it's superman or batman superman world's finest it is so fun i i mean if you'd like that team up and if you were like a fan of the cartoons from the 90s i could easily hear tim daly uh, and Kevin Conroy doing the voices in this. Uh, it looks like Zod, and there's some other guy. I'm not familiar with it. Like, I'm sure, like, they're going to reveal who it is. I'm like, oh, idiot, Will. But, like, th- there was some mysterious guy I have not seen in comics where he has a new look now, teaming up uh, to stop the two. And Robin's there. And I'll, I'll say, two spoilers, uh, Doom Patrol shows up randomly, who have also had oh. a nice life on HBO Max. I'm going, like, oh, like, this could easily take place when World's Finest was getting its ground going in the Silver Age and all that. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, the art style is great. I believe it's, oh gosh, uh, I just had it. Give me one second. <laughs> you got your stuff already. And I forgot who was writing World's Finest over here because it's someone uh, I really like uh, from both Marvel and DC. Give me one second. Uh, but their artwork is great. Da, 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 da. <laughs> ah! So I'd rather just be quiet and then you can edit it out. So. I don't know why I said that. Mark Wade. It was Mark Wade uh, who, who, who was the writing for it. So, okay. I mean, they've, they've got some iconic stuff, but like, I mean, just for our listeners at home who are not going to be able to see this, but just like, look, look at, wait, we can't see it because of my background, but look, if you just look up the cover, it's great. And this also has a nice variant cover. If you're like me and you love Stephanie Brown, they have a Batgirl and Supergirl uh, team up from Art Germ. I was like, I had to get it. I was, I was just intrigued just to get that, but then I grabbed the story. I'm like, and it's a good story in here too. Oh my goodness! That's why you don't judge a book by its cover, guys. But it was so good. What about you, Jordan? What'd you What'd you pick out? You know, currently I am reading Devil's Reign. It is a kind of multi or uh, Marvel Universe event. It's nowhere near the scale of Civil War, but it's very Daredevil focused. And I talked about Daredevil a couple episodes ago, and uh, 
Chip Zdarsky. Is that his name? Yeah, Chip Zdarsky. Yes. Um, he is currently writing that, and so they've got six issues. It was a fun experience. It had a lot of tie-ins. It like this is where I started to see because I, I missed a little bit of of uh, Chip Zdarsky's run uh, with Daredevil, and so I'm picking it right back up in the middle of this thing. And uh, there's not one but two Daredevils right now, and so it's Matt Murdock Daredevil, and then Elektra is a female Daredevil. Okay. And some okay. Of the, some of the art styles and the ways that they took the direction, like currently. Fisk is the mayor, so so the kingpin is mayor of New York City, and it starts where he's like, I have files on every single one of the superheroes in the superhero community. I can tell you who their who their name is. I can tell you like ways to hurt them. I can put hits on any of these guys, and you know, no big deal. But for whatever reason, I can't hit Daredevil. I can't remember him, and I'm like, I was gonna say. Did it, Doctor Strange do a spell at some point, or did he just get hit in the head that hard? No, uh, <laughs> I think, you know, I don't like this. I think it was a Mephisto thing. Of I think, course it was. I of think course. They, I think they did something with Mephisto or whatever. And But but Daredevil made the, the switch with him, and, like, no one remembers Matt Murdock at all. And it was very reminiscent to the the One More Day, or, or is, is that the the Spider-Man one, one More Day or something like that? Yeah, One More Day. One more day and then brand yeah. new day, yes. Yeah, so they, they kind of like that, but no one knows who Matt Murdock is. No one understands this whole process. And so it's really cool to see, like, how Fisk starts giving, like, tags to all of the, the villains. And he's like, go in force and take out the superheroes. If they're, if they're superheroing in my city, you take them out because they're vigilantes and they, they are not I, allowed in New York yeah, City. Yeah, before you told me about this event, because we've talked about it off the yeah. air, uh, I, I just uh, I was really hyped for Heroes Reborn because I like the Squadron Supreme and I kind of want to see that what if world if, if they took over because I thought it was going to be like more large scale. It was just pretty self-contained, fun, fun event. Check it out. Um, another recommend. I didn't intend to bring that up, but uh, there was some Mephisto dealings with there with Coulson because Coulson's evil in the comics, guys. Sorry, Clark Gregg, I don't think we'll ever do that, but maybe maybe one day uh, if they ever bring it back. Uh, um but I assumed with the devil's reign, I assumed there was going to be some follow through with the ending of that. So if there, if there, maybe there is, cause he has like his, his evil cosmic cube, uh, that, that caused that. None, other of, that world. None of that stuff is even played into this. And yeah. So it's, uh, th it's that's why I was confused uh, when with devil's reign and he's essentially the devil. Uh, so I was just going, but yeah, but, uh, it was... also makes sense. That it would be Matt Murdock centric as well. Yeah. And just the way they handle it. And at the very end, there's this, this beautiful scene that, you know, Fisk is just, kind of doing his own thing at the end and it's it was it was done very beautifully and i i enjoyed it from that stance so guys thank you so much for being a part of this episode and we'll catch you next time on the comic book club